Chapter Five of The Search by Grace Livingston Hill. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Like Many Waters. Chapter Five. The letter was written in a fine, beautiful hand, and even before he saw the silver monogram at the top, he knew who was the writer, though he did not even remember to have seen the writing before. My dear friend i have hesitated a long time before writing because i do not know that i have the right to call you a friend or even an acquaintance in the commonly accepted sense of that term it is so long since you and i went to school together and we have been so widely separated since then that perhaps you do not even remember me and may consider my letter an intrusion i hope not for i should hate to rank with the girls who are writing to strangers under the license of mistaken patriotism my reason for writing you is that a good many years ago you did something very nice and kind for me one day in fact you helped me twice although i don't suppose you knew it then the other day when you were going to camp and i sat in my car and watched you it suddenly came over me that you were doing it again this time a great big wonderful thing for me and doing it just as quietly and inconsequentially as you did it before and all at once i realized how splendid it was and wanted to thank you it came over me too that i had never thanked you for the other times and very likely you never dreamed that you had done anything at all you see i was only a little girl very much frightened because chuck woodcock had teased me about my curls and said that he was going to catch me and cut them off and send me home to my aunt that way and she would turn me out of the house he had been frightening me for several days so that i was afraid to go to school alone and yet i would not tell my aunt because i was afraid she would take me away from the public school and send me to a private school which i did not want but that day i had seen chuck woodcock steal in behind the hedge ahead of the girls the others were ahead of me and i was all out of breath running to catch up because i was afraid to pass him alone and just as i got near two of them mary wirtz and carolyn meadows you remember them don't you they gave a scream and pitched headlong on the sidewalk they had tripped over a wire he had stretched from the tree to the hedge i stopped short and got behind a tree and i remember how the tears felt in my throat but i was afraid to let them out because chuck would call me a crybaby and i hated that and just then you came along behind me and jumped through the hedge and caught chuck and gave him an awful whipping licking i believe we called it then i remember how condemned i felt as i ran by the hedge and knew in my heart that i was glad you were hurting him because he had been so cruel to me he used to pull my curls whenever he sat behind me in recitation i remember you came into school late with your hair all mussed up beautifully and a big tear in your coat and a streak of mud on your face i was so worried lest the teacher would find out you had been fighting and make you stay after school because you see i knew in my heart that you had been winning a battle for me and if anybody had to stay after school i wished it could be me because of what you had done for me but you came in laughing as you always did and looked as if nothing in the world unusual had happened and when you passed my desk you threw before me the loveliest pink rosebud i ever saw that was the second thing you did for me perhaps you won't understand how nice that was either for you see you didn't know how unhappy i had been the girls hadn't been very friendly with me they told me i was stuck up and they said i was too young to be in their classes anyway and ought to go to kindergarten 
it was all very hard for me because i longed to be big and have them for my friends i was very lonely in that great big house with only my aunt and grandfather for company but the girls wouldn't be friends at all until they saw you give me that rose and that turned the tide they were crazy about you every one of them and they made up to me after that and told me their secrets and shared their lunch and we had great times and it was all because you gave me the rose that day the rose itself was lovely and i was tremendously happy over it for its own sake but it meant a whole lot to me besides and opened the little world of school to my longing feet i always wanted to thank you for it but you looked as if you didn't want me to so i never dared and lately i wasn't quite sure you knew me because you never looked my way any more but when i saw you standing on the platform the other day with the other drafted men it all came over me how you were giving up the life you had planned to go out and fight for me and other girls like me i hadn't thought of the war that way before although of course i had heard that thought expressed in speeches but it never struck into my heart until i saw the look on your face it was a kind of knightliness if there is such a word and when i thought about it i realized it was the very same look you had worn when you burst through the hedge after chuck woodcock and again when you came back and threw that rose on my desk although you had a big broad boy's grin on your face then and were chewing gum i remember quite distinctly and the other day you looked so serious and sorry as if it meant a great deal to you to go but you were giving up everything gladly without even thinking of hesitating the look on your face was a man's look not a boy's it has meant so much to me to realize this last great thing that you are doing for me and for the other girls of our country that i had to write and tell you how much i appreciate it i have been wondering whether someone has been knitting you a sweater yet and the other things that they knit for soldiers and if they haven't whether you would let me send them to you it is the only thing i can do for you who have done so much for me i hope you will not think i am presuming to have written this on the strength of a childish acquaintance i wish you all honors that can come to you on such a quest as yours and i had almost said all good luck only that word sounds too frivolous and pagan for such a serious matter so i will say all safety for a swift accomplishment of your task and a swift homecoming i used to think when i was a little child that nothing could ever hurt you or make you afraid and i cannot help feeling now that you will come through the fire unscathed may i hope to hear from you about the sweaters and things and may i sign myself your friend ruth macdonald john cameron lifted his eyes from the paper at last and looked up at the sky had it ever been so blue before at the trees what whispering wonders of living green was that only a bird that was singing that heavenly song a meadowlark not an angel why had he never appreciated meadowlarks before he rested his head back against a big oak and his soldier's hat fell off on the ground he closed his eyes and the burden of loneliness that had borne down upon him all these weeks in the camp lifted from his heart then he tried to realize what had come to him ruth macdonald the wonder and admiration of his childhood days the admired and envied of the home town the petted beauty at whose feet every man fell the girl who had everything that wealth could purchase she had remembered the little old rose he had dared to throw on her desk and had bridged the years with this letter he was carried back in spirit to the day he left for camp 
to the look in her eyes as he moved away on the train the look had been real then and not just a fleeting glance helped out by his fevered imagination there had been true friendliness in her eyes she had intended to say good-bye to him she had put him on a level with her own beautiful self she had knighted him as it were and sent him forth even the war had become different since she chose to think he was going forth to fight her battles what a sacred trust afar in the distance a bugle sounded that called to duty he had no idea how time had flown he glanced at his wrist-watch and was amazed he sprang to his feet and strode over the ground but the way no longer seemed dusty and blinded with sunshine it shone like a path of glory before his willing feet and he went to his afternoon round of duties like a new man he had a friend a real friend one that he had known a long time there was no fear that she was just writing to him to get one more soldier at her feet as some girls would have done her letter was too frank and sincere to leave a single doubt about what she meant he would take her at her word sometime during the course of the afternoon it occurred to him to look at the date of the letter and he found to his dismay that it had been written nearly four weeks before and had been travelling around through various departments in search of him because it had not the correct address he readily guessed that she had not wanted to ask for his company and barracks she would not have known who to ask she did not know his mother and who else was there his old companions were mostly gone to france or camp somewhere and now since all this time had elapsed she would think he had not cared had scorned her letter or thought it unmaidenly he was filled with dismay and anxiety lest he had hurt her frankness by his seeming indifference and the knitted things the wonderful things that she had made with her fair hands would she have given them to someone else by this time of course it meant little to her save as a kind of acknowledgment for something she thought he had done for her as a child but they meant so much to him much more than they ought to he knew for he was in no position to allow himself to become deeply attached to even the handiwork of any girl in her position however nobody need ever know how much he cared had always cared for the lovely little girl with her blue eyes her long curls her shy sweet smile and modest ways who had seemed to him like an angel from heaven when he was a boy she had said he did not know that he was helping her when he burst through the hedge on the cowering chuck woodcock and he would likely never dare to tell her that it was because he saw her fright and saw her hide behind that tree that he went to investigate and so was able to administer a just punishment he had picked that rose from the extreme west corner of a great petted rose bush on the wainwright lawn reaching through an elaborate iron fence to get it as he went cross lots back to school he would call it stealing now to do that same but then it had been in the nature of a holy rite offered to a vestal virgin yet he must have cast it down with the grin of an imp boorish urchin that he was and he remembered blushing hotly in the dark afterwards at his presumption as he thought of it alone at night and all the time she had been liking it the little girl the little sweet girl she had kept it in her heart and remembered it his heart was light as air as he went back to the barracks for retreat a miracle had been wrought for him which changed everything no he was not presuming on a friendly letter maybe there would be fellows who would think there wasn't much in just a friendly letter to a lonely soldier and a sweater or two more or less 
but then they would never have known what it was to be so lonely for friendship real friendship as he was he would hurry through supper and get to the y m c a hut to write her an answer he would explain how the letter had been delayed and say he hoped she had not given the things away to someone else he began planning sentences as he stood at attention during the captain's inspection at retreat somehow the captain was tiresomely particular about buttons and pocket flaps and little details to-night he waited impatiently for the command to break ranks and was one of the first at the door of the mess-hall waiting for supper his face alight still planning what he would say in that letter and wishing he could get some fine stationery to write upon wondering if there was any to be had with his cadges on it at supper he bubbled with merriment an old schoolmate might have thought him rejuvenated he wore his schoolboy grin and rattled off puns and jokes keeping the mess-hall in a perfect roar at last he was out in the cool of the evening with the wonderful sunset off in the west on his way to the y m c a hut he turned a corner swinging into the main road and there coming toward him not twenty feet away he saw lieutenant wainwright End of chapter five